Jeremiah 28 is where we will be tonight as we wrap up a message that we began last Wednesday evening. In our culture, we seem to be inundated with so many opinions. Those opinions translate into voices. And we live in a day now in a culture where, as we talked about last Wednesday night, there doesn't seem to be any absolute truth. There's no objective truth. Everything is subjective. If, if, if we disagree, it's not so much that one person is right and the other is wrong on any given issue. Uh, now we say, well, if you disagree with me, that's your truth. I have my truth. You have your truth. And no, no truth is right or wrong. What determines what's true is what you deem is true. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know this. I'm, I'm literally preaching to the choir, I believe, I hope. But truth doesn't change. Truth is not relative. Truth is constant. Truth is absolute. All truth is God's truth. Truth doesn't fluctuate. It doesn't change. Uh, we used the illustration last Wednesday night of, of how now there are those who talk about new math and that that uh, uh, that four that two plus two doesn't necessarily equal four now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know this: there are certain absolute laws that are not broken and that don't change. God's word is crystal clear and plain. There are things that are right and there are things that are wrong. But in today's culture, like never before, there's an effort to, to, to change all that, to transform all that, to take the teeth out of truth. We're not meaning anything anymore. You and I are inundated with all kinds of opinions and voices. The last, last week, we talked about how that, that there's obviously the voice of conscience. There's the voice of carnality. There's the voice of convenience that you and I deal with. There's the voice of compromise. There's the voice of counselors that uh, all of us have individuals who pour into us. There's the voice of culture. And then obviously there's the voice of Christ as we see His voice and hear His voice through the revealed Word of God. The Holy Spirit speaks to us and challenges us and guides us as believers. We have all these competing voices every single day. Voices of our own flesh that call out to us and tell us certain things. And sometimes even what our flesh tells us is not accurate, it's not true, it's not scriptural, it's not truth. It might be how we feel, it might be how we perceive things, but it's not true. And so we have this dilemma of what are we supposed to believe? Whose voice are we supposed to listen to? Well, obviously we must listen to the voice of truth. But with so many competing false voices that we hear, how are we supposed to discern right from wrong, truth from error? And so last week we talked about discernment, 
how vital and important that is in our lives. Our biblical text is from the 27th and 28th chapter of Jeremiah. Let me just summarize quickly what's going on in those two chapters. The prophet Jeremiah was raised up by God and given the assignment to go to his people, to go to Judah and prophesy and preach that the Babylonians were going to take them into captivity. And that God actually had raised up Nebuchadnezzar as a human instrument, even though he was a pagan, even though he did not regard Jehovah God, God raised him up and was going to use him as an instrument to carry out God's program and God's purpose of judgment. To illustrate how severe everything was going to be. The prophet Jeremiah, God instructed him to literally put on his shoulders and around his neck a yoke of wood, a wooden yoke that would be used for plowing a field. The illustration was that the best way for Judah to make it through this period of captivity was to go ahead and submit to the Babylonians. Don't fight. Don't resist them. But yield. Go along. This is part of God's plan. Yes, it's a plan of judgment. Yes, God is chastising His people. But this message is from God. Well, obviously, any message of judgment on God's people is not going to be received well. And it wasn't received well by the citizens of Jerusalem. In fact, beginning in chapter 28, the Bible shows us a man named Hananiah. We introduced him last Wednesday night. Something interesting about Hananiah is he was known and referred to as a prophet of God or a prophet just as Jeremiah was a prophet. In fact, he is from the land, the area, the, the town of Gibeon. Well, Gibeon is the very same town that it is believed that the prophet Jeremiah was from. So here you have Hananiah, who's recognized by the people as a prophet. You have Jeremiah, who's recognized as a prophet, a prophet of God. They're from the same hometown. They have the same occupation or vocational calling by God. But yet, in chapter 27 and 28, they have two entirely different messages. Both of them are respectable men, but they're saying two totally different things. Now, we know this side of the story. We know that Jeremiah was the one who got his prophecy from God. Jeremiah wasn't making this up. Even though he was unpopular, he was looked upon a little bit like a kind of weird and as an outcast. But we know the scripture is clear that his message, even though it was negative, came from God. Even though he was unpopular, his message came from God. He wasn't making this up. This was actually going to happen. In fact, he goes on to say, the best thing for you to do is submit. You will go off into captivity. But after 70 years, God's going to bring you back. He's going to let you come back to the land. But if you fight and resist the Babylonians, most of you will end up dead. But here was Hananiah's message. His message was that within two years, 
they get overflowed with Babylonians. That if they just united with the heathen nations around them and they were to form some kind of confederation with these other nations, that they would be strong enough in order to overcome the Babylonians. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was absolutely false. So here's the dilemma. You have one voice. The voice of truth. The voice of God. A mouthpiece from deity speaking what is absolute truth to the people. But then you had the voice of Hananiah. He was a deceiving voice. But who were the people supposed to believe? As I think about this narrative, I think of how similar our situation is so often today. Where are we supposed to believe? The voices you hear every morning when you wake up, you're inundated with either the voice of truth, the voice of lies, the voice of dishonesty. Sometimes our past affects what voice we hear. Sometimes our religious past and experiences affects what voice we hear, whether it's the voice of truth or the voice of dishonesty, the voice of lies. Sometimes our family situation and our family background, how we were nurtured and how we're natured affects what voice is predominant in our conscience. So we mentioned some things last week and I gave you the first of six truths. And I said that the false voices abound on multiple levels. Chapter 27, verse 9, Therefore hearken not, Jeremiah said, don't listen to the prophets, the diviners, the dreamers, the enchanters, the sorcerers, those that dabbled in witchcraft. And they had all of them in Jerusalem. There were false voices from the priests and the other prophets that didn't like Jeremiah's message. The sorcerers, the witches, the enchanters. Those that had dreams and were sharing their dreams. And there were false voices on every side. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, discernment is critical in ignoring the false voices. Discernment is the ability to think biblically in all areas of life. We talked about 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 and 22, where God said to prove all things, literally carefully examine Put to the test everything. Everything you hear, everything you read, everything that comes across our eye gate and ear gate in our mind, we are to put to the test of truth. And then verse 22 says to avoid, abstain from all appearances or forms of evil. 1 John 4, verse 1, beloved. Try every spirit. Believe not every spirit, but examine every spirit, whether they be of God. Ephesians 4, 14, be no more children. Here's where we ended. Tossed to and fro, literally to be agitated by the waves of life is what it means. He carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of man, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. In other words, gang, as believers in Christ, don't be gullible. Don't be immature in your thinking. 
Don't be rocked by the different theological and philosophical ways. Don't be blown around by the foam clouds of deception. And don't buy into every single thing you hear. John 10, 27, Jesus said, Hear me, my sheep, he said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them when they follow me. David prayed in Psalm 119, verse 66. Listen to what he said. He said, Lord, teach me good judgment. The word judgment there in the Hebrew is the word for taste. That's interesting to me. Lord, help me. Give me good taste. Taste in what? In other words, that when I begin to take in information, I need to carefully weigh and examine how it sits, how it tastes to my spirit. Sometimes there are some things that are good if it's godly and wholesome from the Word. Obviously, eat that up. But not everything that we hear should we receive and take in. But David is saying, God, help me guard my spiritual, intellectual, theological, philosophical taste buds. Help me to make sure that I'm not just, uh, you know, wide open and going to the buffet of, of, of false voices and what that, that I be very selective about my intellectual and spiritual diet. John 16, 13, how be it, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, He will guide you into all truth. Isaiah 30, verse 21, and your ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, this is the way, walk in it when you turn to the right hand or when you turn to the left. It's a word picture of a shepherd who at times would even walk behind the sheep, not just in front of them. And they would hear the familiar voice of the shepherd coming from behind them saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute, you're about to get out of step now. Can I tell you that that's the voice of Jesus in our lives? The voice of the Holy Spirit who's directing our path, helping us figure out what voice we need to listen to. For God, he says in 2 Timothy 1-7, has not given us the spirit of fear or intimidation, but the spirit of power and love and a discerning mind, a disciplined mind, a sober mind. Proverbs 14-6 says that a scorner seeks wisdom, but he can't find it. But knowledge is easy to the ones who seek understanding. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, if you and I desperately seek to know the truth, God says, I'll reveal it to you, Shane. All forces abound. It's truth number two, statement number two. False voices are very seldom silenced through debate and argument. Now listen very carefully. I'm not against apologetics. I am not against, certainly not, defending the truth. But here's my point. It's interesting what Jeremiah doesn't do in verse 11 of chapter 28. Notice this. Listen carefully. And Hananiah spake in the presence of all the people. And here's what he said. Thus saith the Lord. Well, first of all, God didn't say it. So he lied. 
he's a false prophet. God didn't tell Hananiah to say this, but here, here's what he said. God told me, thus saith the Lord, even so will I break thee go to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all the nations within the space of two full years. And then the Bible says, and the prophet Jeremiah, he just went his way. In other words, he didn't even, he didn't even respond. Now, let me tell you what I would have done. I'd have argued toe-to-toe with Hananiah. I'd have been in the dude's face. I've been like, hey, you are an imposter. Your message is false. You're wrong. God told me what to say. He didn't tell you what. That, that wasn't Jeremiah's style. Jeremiah didn't stand there and argue with him. He let him say what he was going to say. He had already spoken the truth. He just walked on his way. Can I tell you something? Sometimes. It's not so much who's screaming the loudest. I've learned that the hard way. That sometimes it's the voice of lies that's being the loudest. And you hear those voices over everything else, it seems like. Oh, I'm glad Jeremiah didn't get in some debate with Hananiah. He just spoke the truth and let the chips fall where they may. Truth number three. False voices make things worse for the people listening. Listen to verse 12, 13, 14. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet after Hananiah had broken the yoke from off his neck, saying, Go and tell Hananiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, You have broken the yoke of wood, but what you've done, you've made from the people yokes of iron. And God goes on to say that because they were listening to him and they ultimately did listen to Hananiah, he led them in a false direction, in a false way, and things actually turned out much, much worse for the people. So often that is what happens. Listening to false voices always brings hurt in some way. And then truth number four. False voices cause people to trust in a lie. Verse 15, Then said the prophet Jeremiah unto Hananiah, He said, Hear me now, Hananiah, The Lord has not sent thee, but you make this people to trust in a lie. Hananiah ended up harming the people of Judah, leading them to trust in a lie. A lie that they wanted to believe. You know why they wanted to believe that message? Because it was much more positive. They didn't like the negativity that Jeremiah was bringing. I can't, I can't take the negative. I, I, I just can't tolerate negativity. Can I tell you? Sometimes truth is negative. Sometimes there are some thou shalt nots. Everything is not all hunky-dory. Real truth so often cuts against, is counterintuitive to our own nature. And that's not popular. Remember what Paul told Timothy? That in the latter days, it'll be that people will keep to themselves. They'll just gather in preachers and teachers of their own liking. Why? Because they love people, love having their ears tickled and scratched. 
uber positive false message tickles people's fancy. But it's not truth. That's why Paul said to Timothy, you sit and sound healthy doctrine and you preach the word. Are y'all with me tonight? Can I get an amen on right Amen. Thank you. <laughs> the fifth statement. False voices cause people to go contrary to the right plan of God. Verse 16, Therefore said the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee from off the face of the earth. This year thou shalt die, because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord. What Hananiah was doing was leading the people to rebel against God himself. The word rebellion there literally means opposition to God's plain direction. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me carefully in case there's any confusion tonight. You see this book I hold in my hand? This book is the truth. It's the only book God ever wrote. It's the only book He's commanded us to live by. Not my opinion. Not my take or perspective on it. It's the book. God's Word is the only Word. Regardless of what anyone else tells us. Rebellion occurs when we go away from God's plain direction. This is the way. Walk in it. And then the final thought. False voices will eventually be proven to be fraudulent. Verses 16 and 17, God said, I'm going to cast you off from the face of the earth. Hananiah, you're going to die. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year. The seventh month. Just exactly when God said he would. God proved who the true voice was and the false voice. And ladies and gentlemen, you give it enough time. You nestle up close to Jesus. He's going to reveal the right voice and the wrong voice. So here's the takeaway, and we're going to pray after the dance. <laughs> Number one, get as close to the shepherd as humanly possible. Walk with the Lord. My sheep hear my voice, he said. Let's. Let's be good at tuning our ear to listen to his voice. Listen carefully to the shepherd. Learn what it is to walk with him every day. Oh, young person, you know what Marcos and Melissa have taught you is true. You walk with the Lord. Mom and Dad, let's walk with the Lord. Senior adults, single adults, pursue class. You walk with the Lord. Grandparents, let's walk with the Lord. Juniors, let's walk with the Lord. Let's learn what it is to listen to His voice. Second thought, be governed by God's Spirit and God's Word. The Holy Spirit will never lead you contrary to the Holy Scriptures. The Holy Scriptures will never lead you contrary to what the Holy Spirit says. 
number three. Put everything you feel and hear to the test of truth. If you read it, put it to the test of truth. If you see it on TV, put it to the test of truth. You hear it on the radio, you hear it from your favorite radio preacher or TV pastor or podcast preacher or Bible teacher, that's fine. But you make sure you always put it to the test of truth. Don't take it hook, line, and sinker just because your favorite said it. Whoever that favorite is, it could be wrong. This book isn't. That's why everything we hear, see, and read must be put to the acid test of truth. And then the final thought pray earnestly for spiritual discernment. Pray for the Son. Pray for that ability to recognize truth and error in every situation. That's the spirit that God has given to us. That's the spirit He wants us to develop. For His glory and by His power. So that we will drown out the false voices. But listen to the truth. And all God's people say, Thank you.